So, Jimmy, can you tell our dear listeners what's been going on <laughs> in the teaching sphere and uh, what's happening with these upcoming series? Yeah. Um, well, we had planned for the month of October to... We have these regular rhythms in centralized teaching um, of, uh, you know, exegesis, book study, topical, and then at least a few times a year, we jump right into like an evangelism, uh, spiritually curious or spiritually open focused audience uh, series. And so October was supposed to be that. So the idea, what, well, and it still is something we're going to do was churchianity. So what happens when um, religion that kind of deviates from the mind and teaching and ethic of Jesus, plus the power of a gathered body doing the same, coalesce into like a church-based religion that that looks less and less less like Jesus. So answering questions like, so did Jesus just did the the creator of the cosmos, the Son of God, just come to the earth to save me from hell, and that's it? Like, really, the redemptive work of God is just to save me from fire. Um, do we invite Jesus into like the muscular pump in the middle of our chest, into our hearts? Um, does Jesus want us to have more money? Are there people that Jesus wants us to dislike? It's all of those like uh, strange byproducts of of the church that come up. So that was the plan. And we, you know, as a teaching team, as well as a communications team, we're pretty far down the road. We were fully down the road of like, yeah, this is what we're doing. Good. Let's get going. And then something changed and we're not doing that in October. Instead, we're doing five weeks uh, on the book of Acts. Um, so I think the question is like, uh, why? How did we get there? We had a teaching team meeting and we've tried to create a pretty regular discipline in those meetings of just like listening to the spirit of slowing down and processing. Like, what are we hearing, sensing both in our own um, walks with Jesus and spiritual practices, and then also in, in our collaborative walks with Jesus and spiritual practice. And it was just really one meeting. You know, it wasn't like a rushing wind or tongues of fire swept over our office. Um, it just was like something wasn't clicking. N- not that we shouldn't do the Churchianity series, far be it. Um, but it just was like, what's what's happening? Something's just like not gelling. And why? Because we've done the work. It's all, I'm a whiteboarder. Um, so I love to write stuff out and it was all written out. And yet it just was like, I don't know, why is this not, why is it not coming together? Um, and so we really didn't decide anything that day. It was just like, okay, well, let's put a pen in this and just continue to plan and um, calendar the, the rest of the year. And then the following week we met again. Um, and I would say I was really impacted by uh, a a particular section of scripture that came up in my reading plan that was Acts chapter 20. And I was asking something particular of God, like I I need some clarity and wisdom here. And just the way that it it, literally the, the plan fell open was Acts 20, 20 to 24, which is like my life verse and is a verse that I've tattooed on the inside of my arm. So I was like, whoa, like that stuff doesn't happen to me, you know? Mm. Just as a refresher, what is that verse? Oh uh, yeah. So, um, but I consider my life worth nothing unless I do do it to um, use it to do the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ, which is to bring the gospel of grace to the to the Gentiles and the rest of the world. So it's a very like we've got to get this out. We've got to get this out. Um, 
So that just arrested me a little bit of like, whoa, okay, I need to pay attention. What are we saying here? And then I, we just sort of ideated on that for a while um, in the next in our next team meeting of being like, what's the precursor for evangelism? It's actually the hope of the resurrection that that in the early church created this like, come hell or high water, we are doing this. We're doing this, and both hell and high water came to them. They were all killed. Uh, for the witness in Acts. Uh, and so then it just was kind of like a windy road of like, well, let's study Acts for a little bit. Not to say let's preach through Acts, but like, what are we learning? Oh yeah. And Quincy was like, yeah, I felt that too. Laura, I felt that too. And then we were all just kind of sharing. And it was like, all three of us were sharing our own experiences out of the book of Acts, not the series that we were just shortly going to be in. So that was like our, burp. hold on. Should we, we've been wrestling with and, kind of struggling to put the je ne sais quoi to churchianity. What if we just taught through exegetically, so like verse and chunk by chunk, chapter by chapter through the first bit of the book of Acts and then see where that leads. Uh, so we just stopped and prayed right there. And, you know, I would say after we said amen, it was like, yeah, I think, I think that's where we're headed. So here we are. And then I think Garnet passed by my office and I was like, hey, 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 and then Dan passed by my office and I was like, hey, wait, 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 wait. what do you think <laughs> if we just did acts? Yeah. And I was like, huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if we did acts like after churchianity, right? Yeah, like, okay, so that's what's next. He's like, no, 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 we'll just push back churchianity and we'll just do acts. Yep. You know, churchianity is two weeks away? Yeah, yep. this is two weeks out. <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. Sorry about that. Cool, cool, cool. So yeah, just yeah. a shift there and for the comms team, at least on what we had to get together for that. Yeah. We, we love the Holy spirit, obviously. Yeah. Good Christians. Um, <laughs> more notice would be great. Agreed. The Holy spirit could give us like an agenda. Yes. Yeah. 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 Can we just like have like three weeks, three weeks? Well, it's interesting of like, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that I need to create better disciplines of like hearing, listening, slowing down. So it's an interesting question. Is it. A, that like the Holy Spirit was like, woke up with bleary eyes and was like, oh shoot, I should have told these guys earlier, <laughs> darn it, well, we'll get two weeks. Uh, or is it that maybe I and our team were like trying to move ahead hmm. at a pace that I I don't think, uh, I don't often think that God is like, I have this one decidable dictated will for you. And if you stray from that, you're like falling off a, cri a cliff. I think often, most often my experience, God's like, I just love you. What do you want to do? What do you want to do together? Let's do this together. Hmm. Yeah. You know? So, um, I, I, I wonder if, you know, we, I'll speak for myself. I was heading down a path of planning with a series I was really excited about. My primary gifting is, is evangelism is like, is, is making the Jesus way and the Jesus teaching and the Jesus life except accessible to non-Jesus people. Um, so I just wonder if like my brain was just pushing ahead and not really being attentive to little themes and moments. Um, with the spirit that was like, hey, what if we started with Acts, which really is the answer to churchianity, and then we went into a topical application of like, how does this, how does this work, and what do we need to undo or redo? Really interesting, yeah, and potentially pulling you into a place of discomfort as well, right? Sure, like, sure. I don't want to speak for you, but how do you feel about the Holy Spirit just generally? Well, uh, it's a good one. Um, my experience would suggest it would be great if the Holy Spirit was somewhere over there 
And, <laughs> you know, so in my tradition that I grew up in, just wasn't, it wasn't a thing. You know, I also grew up in a church tradition and a weekend church service. We So my church, here's an example that I grew up in, um, a, a set of drums were donated to the church and a really nice set of drums. And our senior pastor at the time, who was both very senior of a senior pastor um, and very conservative, was like, well, thank you. And they went in the back and they uh, were the the hangers, the dry out thing for baptismal gowns. So the drums were just like, that, that's a what the, rack. yeah, we're a drying rack. So yeah, the Holy Spirit in terms of like the, the manifestation, which is a fancy word of like the physical presentation of the Holy Spirit. I have no, not one, not a single memory of that kind of thing in the church that I grew up in. Like people would lift their hands during Be Thou My Vision. It was mostly my mom. Um, but other than that, legit, I don't have a single experience. And then went off to university and uh, it was a Christian university and there's all sorts of walks of life. And that really in my, uh, I was 19, that was the first instance where I was like, yo, people get after the Holy Spirit way different than <laughs> I do or that I am comfortable understanding. Yeah. 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 Garnet, what about yourself? Yeah, uh, I think somewhat similarly, like I grew up in an Anglican church, uh, and so very steeped in the tradition and um, uh, sort of the the robes, the nice scenery, everything. And and so the Holy Spirit was always there, it was always talked about, but it wasn't as, I guess we didn't have it as active a participant in our services as some other churches that I've been to. Uh, and as I grew up and as I started looking and taking my faith on for myself, there was more of this need for me to find the church that I felt would fit yeah. best with me. Mm. And so I went around and I checked out a whole ton of different churches and, and some of them, uh, there was a, a Pentecostal church that I went to and they're very, very big on the Holy spirit. And it was one of the first times where I actually saw other people during the, the sermon in the crowd, like stepping out and, and speaking to the crowd as the Holy Spirit moved in them. And I was like, this is weird. Like mm. not to put judgment on them, but more just like, I was just not. I would say that your it. experience. Yeah. It was, totally. and, yeah. and afterwards there was, a, and it was a few different times and some of it was a little more out there for me, but other parts I was like, that was actually really cool. Mm. Cause they actually spoke to something that I was feeling while I was listening to the sermon as well. And so that was kind of neat as I grew up and went off to school sort of swayed away from uh, faith a little bit there. But uh, one of the, the things that I sort of learned from that experience was the idea of just like holding my plans in an open palm mm. so that the Holy Spirit could reach in and rearrange gotcha. things. Uh, and so that was something that really stood out to me and has been something that I've tried to carry forward. Mm. And actually when this, when this happened with the Churchianity versus Acts uh, piece, it was kind of a relief for me a little bit because we were still struggling a little bit on getting the graphics together and figuring out some of that forward churchianity and making that work to the level that we wanted it to yeah. be at for that. Uh, and so this was kind of just like a bit of a feeling of grace mm. and of just like, oh, I, I've let things be open enough that the Holy Spirit has reached and changed this. And it's actually been a, a blessing for me <laughs> to be able to then say, oh, I've got more time with this that we can really do this right and properly mm. as well as like there's something great that's going to be happening in this space. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate to that. It's interesting, that experience. You know, we joke about w wishing we had more time for the Act series, <laughs> but 
Yeah, it was in a lot of ways an answer to prayer. And I think, you know, maybe some of the, uh, the ways it wasn't really coming together for us in the timing we thought we, that we thought we needed to have it done was similar to reasons why it wasn't coming together for, for the teaching team. So I, I think that that's interesting. Um, just speaking to my own experience, grew up in a pretty conservative tradition that didn't really have a whole lot of Holy Spirit type influence to it. Um, ended up going to a Pentecostal youth group, uh, while I was a teenager. And that was like a very strange experience. Um, fought with a couple of my youth leaders about the, uh, whole speaking in tongues thing. And, and I think uh, that for me developed kind of an antagonistic approach to Holy Spirit related things. I had always... Uh, or, or since then come at it from a bend of, it feels like, uh, this is a way for people to intertwine their personal agenda with, yeah. uh, and, and label it as yep. the word of God. Mm. Um, and did you feel that out of the gate when you first came to, to youth, like you were kind of self-aware enough and that's not, yeah, it's not a leading question. Yeah. Or were you like, whoa, this is different. This is weird. Let me investigate. Or were you just like, no, whoa, this is weird. Yeah. I think without getting into the weeds too much in that tradition, they believe that if you don't speak in tongues, you aren't saved. And so that was where- You aren't our, saved. You aren't saved. Wow. So that was where our disagreement lied, obviously. And then from there, it really felt like the impetus was put on kids to perform, essentially, mm-hmm. to speak in tongues- uh, because they were afraid, quite honestly, that, that if they didn't, that meant, um, that, yeah, that they weren't saved, that they weren't going to heaven or that they were going to hell, whichever is better or worse. Mm. Um, and so at that point, it really felt like when I looked around that room, it felt like performance was heavily involved. Mm. And so it made me skeptical towards the whole thing, just in general. And that's really been something I've been fighting since then in my life is how do I make space for the Holy Spirit, who I believe is real and does real work. And I've heard incredible stories about how that's true, but never really experienced for myself. Um, or, or at least if I have, I haven't recognized it as the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Well, that's interesting to, to talk about like that that is the experience of the Holy Spirit is that that speaking in tongues or interpreting tongues. Something that just stood out to me as you were talking about that is the idea that um, we've we've talked about in other venues, uh, spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like spiritual gifts are in a way the manifestation of the Holy Spirit within us. And so speaking in tongues is one of those gifts, but it's not everything. Yeah. And so the idea that we may experience these gifts differently and, and as they've pertained to us and how we've been brought up or experienced, uh, just church and life and community together, uh, it could be different from person to person and not just have to be one way of this is the Holy Spirit. Well, that isn't the Holy Spirit. Right. Uh, speaking of ways that we experience the Holy Spirit is experiencing the Holy Spirit exclusive to people who believe, to people who call themselves Christian. Like, like, does the spirit speak in and through and to people who aren't aren't Jesus followers? Yes. Oh, 100%. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it, it, it's different for sure. I wouldn't go as far to say as like there's a special impartation of like spiritual gifts to those that are like, I want nothing to do with Jesus. Right. So that would be my only qualifier. But those that are s- curious, open, aware of their own hunger for and semblance of spirituality. Yes. The Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, Paul's writings, th- they're there is no exception. Like there's, there's demarcation a little bit, but, um, you know, one of the, the one-liners that I've always been curious about and love from, from the writing of Paul is he says that the spirit will come and move the world, Mm -hmm. convict the world towards righteousness, you know, to, to Jesus likeness. Right. And like, I would contend that that's, that's intentional. He could have said the believer, the Jew, the Gentile, Right, all of whom Paul cared very cared uh, very much about, but he didn't said the world, um, mm. and so yeah, I, I think so. I, I, um, I would never want to say nor be in a position to cast judgment on somebody who's spiritually curious, open, processing their own, like I said, semblance of spirituality, and saying, "Well, until you cross that line of faith, the Spirit of God, the presence, the the conscience of God, the knowledge of God is nowhere near you." You know, it's like, well. How'd you get there? Mm. You know, and and how does that person get there? I think the spirit is long at work um, before a decision of faith is ever made. It has to be that way. Yeah, you know, when uh, the passage of scripture that was covered this past week talked about Pentecost, and I think I mean Pentecostal, the Pentecostal tradition draws its name from Pentecost. Yeah, uh, in the story we see fire falling on on the select 3000 or whatever, like how, how do we juxtapose that with, with what Paul says about the Holy spirit being for the whole world? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it, it depends on your, interpret- your interpretation there. Yeah. Um, I, I would lean in the direction of like, was there like literal physical, um, visual to- tongues, little spots of flame above yep. their heads? I don't think so. I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of things. Um, I think, though, if you take a look, if you zoom out and look at the meta narrative of the entire linked story of Scripture, these are symbols to show the power, provision, and presence of God. Right. So, if you were to, if we were to hop in a time machine and say, "Hey, like tongues of fire will settle on you, and a wind and a, a rushing wind, and like a, a smoke will fill your room," immediately an ancient Jew would be like, "Yahweh, yeah, you're talking about God. The, right. the symbols of presence of God." So nobody is like, what is this? You notice that in, in Acts chapter, nobody's like, what is this? It's like, no, we know what it is. It's the presence of God. I don't know that we know that it's the spirit, but something is happening. And then the manifestation is these people are able to communicate. The first 12 or 120 are able to communicate, including, by the way, which is bananas that sometimes we miss. Mary is speaking in tongues. Mm. Jesus's brothers are speaking in tongues. Like, that's crazy, you know, poor Mary. Well, not poor. It's amazing. But for example, (laughs) say poor Mary and Jesus' brother's like, what is happening? (laughs) You know, first of all, our brother and son are resurrected, is resurrected. Mm -hmm. And now his active presence is alive in the world. And we could speak different languages. We barely know our own language. Can't read or write. And yet here we are speaking to thousands of people that are gathered for a festival of like, provision of food and the provision of the law and now it's a provision of the spirit it seems like everything is changing my goodness what do we do that's pretty incredible yeah yeah something else that stood out to me with that is the idea of both 
wind and fire being symbols that are like across many a nation, many a people. It's not exclusive to just like Judaism. It's it's something where those have been uh, symbols of life and symbols of the spirit across a, a ton of different cultures as well. Yeah. And I mean, th- if you go back to Exodus, it's really, those are concepts that, um, I mean, to to characterize it, that, that Yahweh snipes from ancient Egypt, which was the singular known power, probably Persia, the known powers of the world. So what are the symbols of, of elemental power in the world in that ancient context? It's sun, it's moon, it's fire, it's wind, it's spark, it's stars, and it's up. And God is like, I'll use all of that. And it all points to me, one God who is interested in covenant and walking around relationship with his people, mm. you know? So it is it is crazy. It actually predates uh, Judaism. And I think, again, the I love that question at the beginning, Dan, of like, just think about that. Like God by his spirit is at work even in ancient like mm. humanity of like these symbols. You think that, that these are gods up. Well, no, they're not. They point to the God that is down, that is here, Yeah, you know, but w- I, I will use those symbols. And, and at a certain point, it will become very clear because God will walk in human form and created form among you and show you that there is nothing to fear, that there's the language and ethic of love that will govern you all. And that this life with all of its joys and also suffering is not all that there is. Mm. Yeah. And that intuition existed, right? Right. Yeah. That there's more to this than, I don't know, just background scenery. Like there's a, a spiritual, holy component to it. Uh, Yeah. I think that the, the most Christ-like question that anybody can ask is why, mm, uh, you know? Yeah. So as we kind of move out of that early church era, I feel like, like obviously something something happened between then and now that has made the Holy Spirit, I would say uh, pretty confidently within our tradition and and many others, the Holy Spirit is it's kind of weird. Yeah. It's kind of like hard to understand, hard to wrap our, our brains around. And I don't think that's just a sort of post, uh, post-modern, post-scientific revolution uh, type of thinking. I think a long time before that, the Holy Spirit kind of fell out of favor with the mainstream mm. Christian tradition. Why? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, it, it depends on what time period you're looking at. Yeah, um, I'd say for the first three hundred years, um, if we had like a, a representative body gathered in this room from the first. 300 years of Christianity and you said what you just said, they'd be like, you're crazy. Have you been living in a cave? Yeah. You're crazy. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit is everywhere and is leading us, guiding us, inspiring us, empowering us uh, to the point of being willing to die. Amazing. Come with us. You know what I mean? I do think, um, I do think something changed in the middle of the the third century where um, a sense of, of Jesus-oriented spirituality morphed into Jesus-framed religion, morphed into Jesus-titled empire power that then was willing to say, let's take the known world not to serve it, but to kill it, mm-hmm. to kill those who who don't believe, which is where we get the Crusades, mm-hmm. the the uh, witch hunts, um, the, the Inquisition. Like That's the heart of where that came from is like, well, 
it's it's way harder to, to serve the poor and do the long work of like restoration, redemption, and, and journey with people. It's way easier to just conquer the world through blood. Uh, and if you don't believe, she gone. Like it's it's over. Our salvation yeah. or steal. Yeah. Yeah. It it's like as the church moved closer towards uh the uh faith tradition itself being a tool for consolidating power it needed to be reserved for only people who held a seat of religious yeah, authority yeah super well put right yeah. and so as soon as it fell out of the hands of of people of of everyone of the body um then anybody who steps out of line with that is all of a sudden someone who needs to be struck down and eliminated not uh a, a person who has the Holy Spirit speaking through them and can genuinely contribute value, uh, yeah, to the to the community. Yeah, and I think even in more recent history, although still hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago, you know, in Anabaptist tradition, we're reformed out of the Reform Protestant Reformation, and it's mm. interesting. In the Protestant Reformation, there's traces of the impartation and manifestation of the Spirit, but it's largely Bible-based. It's like right. we cannot trust tradition nor the rulers over tradition in the Catholic Church. Therefore, we protest um, where that's gotten us, and we need to just get back to the Spirit. No, Jesus. No, uh, divine healing. No, serving the poor. No, the Bible. Right. We need to get back to the Bible, put the Bible in as many, uh, none of that is terrible nor wrong. Sure. Um, but when you decouple from the work of the spirit, the centrality of Jesus and the gift that is the library of books that tells the story of God and the story of God with us, when you decouple from all of those things and just say sola scriptura, scripture only, it's not a good place. And then lest we think as Anabaptists, we've just got it all together. I would agree with you. It's like then the Anabaptists came to the radical reformers and said, you haven't gone far enough. Jesus at the center, Jesus at the center. Uh, and I've been curious, again, there, there still is traces, evidence, and um, uh, a value for the work of the Spirit. But I wonder that same thing even in, in neo-Anabaptist tradition today, even at the meeting house, is like, where has that gone? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we... we um, over the last couple of years, we've been walking through our historical story, and there was a, a, a significant movement in the GTA um, uh, through a vineyard church of like this manifestation uh, of blessing of the spirit, not just like weirdness, although some things you might uh, interpret sure. as weird, yeah, yeah. Um, but but a blessing of the spirit. And there was a contingency of leadership at the meeting house back then who said, "We need to pay attention and listen to this." And the meeting house said, "No." Mm. And if I recall correctly, there's a group that actually said, okay. we're leaving. We're out. We're out. And we're taking the spirit with us. Yeah. What a bold statement. Yeah. <laughs> and perhaps um, that in part was true. Not that the spirit was like, I'm out of here. Ha ha ha. But that we just kind of slowly started to plug our ears and close our eyes to mm. the work of the spirit in yeah. the church. Because we've got our speaker. Uh, we've, we've got our Brexy, we've got our Bible, and we've got our Jesus centricity, and we've got a big church. What how? What else do we need? Yeah, what else do we need? So we get any It's so, yep. we got all these teaching series planned out weeks and weeks and weeks in advance. <laughs> That's what we're used to, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's it's, uh, it's very structured. It's very easy to predict. 
um, it's it's interesting, it's captivating, and it's not most importantly, maybe. Yeah. It's not uncomfortable. It's not weird. Yeah. It's uh, very academic. Yeah. Which which, by the way, was also a gift to our community for so long. The meeting house was also a gentle, safe, uh, non-threatening landing place for people that had gotten pretty beat up by yeah. by religion. But y- you're right, Garnet. I wonder if like I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? It's like, what did we miss, or what did we just kind of have our ears and uh, ears plugged, eyes closed to? Um, yeah, in, in that season, and so I, it, it is no surprise to me now that as we're walking through a period of like transition and looking towards what would the future look like for our church and what are our priorities, it's not surprising to me. It's not lost on me that the spirit is like, oh, uh, hey, help them to. You know, to jump in here. Y- y'all want to listen? Yeah. yeah. So, you guys, ready? Well, I guess, yeah. I mean, that would be my next question: is like, how do we, how do we reclaim that? How do we tap back into that which we've lost? Yeah. Well, I'll speak for my own personal journey, and I would love to hear personally for both of you. What do you think? I don't know. I don't have a like a a whiteboard full of answers to that question. Mm-hmm. I think where I've been convicted, I think by the spirit as a person who, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram eight wing nine. So justice, equality, and let's go, mm. right? Um, is slowing down. So I'm not, a, a, I, I have a pretty um, regimented framework w- through which I orient my life. I like things to happen in relatively the same way. I'm an up early person. And for the longest time in terms of my spiritual practice, it's like, and unless I read through a good chunk of the Bible, it doesn't count, you know? (laughs) And then a really brilliant uh, academic mentor of mine was like, oh, I stopped doing devotions years ago. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? You stopped doing devotions years ago. He's like, I just found that like I was addicted to reading the Bible. And it was just like a, like a really long needle just got jabbed into my heart. I was like, oh gosh, that's me. And so one of his suggestions for me was solitude and silence. Like, just shut it, Jimmy. Yeah. Still, whatever rhythm for you in the morning works, great, but no Bible for a bit. Just listen, listen. And for the first while, guess what? It was the worst. (laughs) I heard nothing. I sensed nothing. It's like, what am I doing? How do people hear from God? How does the spirit work through this? And it was like- weird. Weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. It wasn't like the first couple times. It was fumbly. It was like, I hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps I'm agnostic. Now, what is happening now? <laughs> and then it was just this slow eek of like, um, almost like flashes and coincidences where I was like, okay, now something seems to be turning and changing. It still was not the audible voice of God. Um, it, it was just these little like f- flashes is the best way that I can describe it. And then those becoming more normative and regular. And then um, with some mentorship in my own life, uh, learning how to how to pray more intentionally, not just asking, but like, uh, you know, that, that we impact uh, and engage with the mind and heart of God, that God isn't like, I know everything you're going to ask and I've already got it set my way. So this is just kind of an obsolete exercise you're doing. No, no, we influence and connect with the mind and heart of God. Um, so, um, I mean, Shout out to Greg Boyd. He was a formative um, theologian in my life that changed my way of thinking. So in terms of my, where do we go from here? Where do I go from here? I'm actually feeling this satiation of that hunger now of like, it does seem that in a strange way, God speaks to the spirit, not in like a loud 
bullhorn kind of thing, but in quiet solitude and a slowing down of pace to hear spirit, which I think is why I don't know, but I think is why is one of the reasons that Jesus is like, listen, cross the Kidron Valley, go into Jerusalem, just shut it, just stay there and pray and prep. You know, why? Like, I think Jesus can be like, it's going to happen. I've told you all through my ministry, the spirit will come upon you, will empower you to do great things. You'll continue. It's going to be amazing. But he doesn't say that. He's like, go over there. There's a festival. Wait. That's it. They don't get a heads up. Mm. It's just told to wait and the spirit at some point will come upon you. So I've often wondered, ideated on it. Like, did they, did they know when they went to the festival of Pentecost that like it was that weekend? Yeah. Did they think, okay, well, we're just going to kind of thank God for provision and thank God for law? Um, I don't know. But it, it's it's not unlike the Spirit of God to be like, yeah, I, I know what you want to have happen. I'm just going to maybe put a pause there for a bit because mm-hmm. you need to learn to listen and create space in your heart and mind for if I were to speak. And I love the idea as well that like it's not some big like go this way or go forth and do this. It's just small nudges. And I find that like, that's where personally, at least I see the spirit most active in my life is those little nudges this way or that of like, oh, hey, this person over here might need some of your attention. Go see how they're doing. And then I have a great conversation with them Yeah. or um, like walking past your office and and just hearing you guys talking about, (laughs) again, to to use that example, it was just like, actually, yeah, that, that sounds great. Let's do that. And it's, it's neat that these little things can have such a big like impact yeah. down the road and uh something someone was telling me before is that if you take like a an airplane on a runway and if you change the nose of that plane by just a few degrees like as that plane flies that can be the difference between you landing if you leave from toronto it could be the difference of you landing in bc or like down in texas yeah <laughs> like it's a huge difference over the course of just that distance over such a small few degrees. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I love that that's how the spirit can lead us. Mm-hmm. But then also the spirit sometimes goes crazy. And I mean that yeah. in a good way too. <laughs> like I think what you're saying um, is it, most likely what those early followers expected because they didn't experience, uh, or at least I can't recall an experience uh, early where they were like, um, barring the miracles of Jesus, where there was like this like special anointing of spirit that empowered them to do these crazy things. So I think they probably would have been expecting like, well, if we're going to meet with God, it's probably going to happen at the temple. The spirit comes and goes based on special occasions and special prophecy for special people too. So little nudges and flashes. And then the spirit's like, just like, like an empowerment barf on them. You know, and it's <laughs> a terrible image, but... But like, that's the, it's also the, the brilliance of the, um, creativity and spontaneity of God too. It's like, mm-hmm. just when you thought it was going to be chill with your 12 closest followers, like hold my beer. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And I think that that's, that's what makes a lot of us uncomfortable. That's what makes me uncomfortable is like, it's, uh, it feels scary Yeah. Totally. to, well, yeah, to yeah. follow uh, where the spirit leads at times, right? Like, um, it requires boldness. Yeah. And, um, and do you think Dan, um, I feel like for you and I, maybe for you too, Garnet is like, I have felt like I I'm interested in that kind of thing and that vibe, but I please God, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want, I don't want that to be me. Right. You know, cause we have these caricatures and sometimes they're founded of like the people who hear from the spirit and you're like, 
Mm, okay. Yeah. 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 So it's almost like a personal insecurity and fear of like, uh, yeah, like I, if I turn into that, well, <laughs> you know? that's exactly it. Like you, I don't, we don't need to turn this into an episode about the Enneagram, but for me, <laughs> my bend is to be a competent person and to have it all put together yep. and, uh, to, uh, admit that I don't know, or that I'm like headed into something that I am not prepared for. Um, that I'm going to a festival to wait. Like I can't imagine putting myself in that position willingly. Yeah. Um, because that feels like I am, uh, setting myself up for failure somehow. Um, and yeah, I just, I have a, like, not that I didn't have a respect for the disciples before, but like a newfound respect, just putting myself in their shoes and thinking like, you're taking a whole lot on faith. And like, that is just the beginning for them. For sure. Right. They start going to countries they've never been to yeah. and all die and yeah. all yeah. die. Yeah, exactly. Right. But like, it's, it's a wild journey and they don't have, they don't have Jesus there with them anymore. He's not standing alongside them. They're physically on their own, not spiritually. Yep. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, that's kind of what allows them to do that. Well, in Acts chapter one, too, like that's explicitly made clear by the voice of disciples that, uh, the, that Luke is writing. Remember, so Jesus is actually there with them. He's appeared in the flesh, glorified or otherwise. He's there post-resurrection meeting with them, giving them their instructions. And exactly what you said, Dan, is exactly what they ask. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. We're going to cross the Kidron. We're going to head over to Jerusalem. There's a festival there. And are you going to restore Israel and our kingdom? Because what better way to do it? There's hundreds of thousands of Jews gathered. You are going to make... Uh, this is the big campaign push. This yeah, is where the revolution begins. Right. It's, where, the, it's yeah. where Israel is back on... Uh, her rightful throne. And Jesus is like, well, uh, you know, no, that's the father's, <laughs> this, no, that's the father's decision. Okay, go over there and wait uh, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, which I, I'm sure they would have interpreted of like, to put us on the throne. Got it. We're the special anointed ones that will have a quick impartation of the spirit that nobody will doubt and off we go. And like the spirit just rattles their cages, which is hilarious that like, how insecure would it make you feel mm. to come back to that uh, example of like the first thing after speaking in an entirely different language, these faithful Jewish populace that's gathered is like, y'all drunk? Like what? what's happening? Like, yeah. oh, what? Like we've just experienced this crazy thing. We can speak in a different language. Never was this expected. And your first question is like, wow. Well, some, some are like overwhelmed by the miracles and wonders that God is doing through the, uh, Luke records, but then others are like, we know what Galilea, Galileans be doing. So, well, and like, it's, it's like you said, with the experience of that, just being, even asking like, if we give into the spirit, are we going to seem like those weird people? Totally. It's like, and, and something that a good friend of mine talked to me a while ago about not this specifically, but in general, the idea that you take your faith seriously but yourself a little bit less seriously. Mm. And this idea of being willing to be embarrassed, being willing to step out in that way. And it's, it's hard. And I know for some, especially some of my friends that who are more anxious, it's, it's very, very challenging to, to step out and do that. Uh, and it's something that I've practiced for a long time mm. to be able to just throw myself out there and take myself a little bit less seriously and be willing to be silly, be willing to look weird. But 
the connections and I, I feel like the results of that are just so good. Yeah. yeah. And like what comes from it is just so exciting and energizing. Yeah. It feels like you're speaking in a foreign tongue to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I love that. I just, my like shoulders clench up too. Cause similar to Dan, I'm like, yes. Yeah. But in a controlled experiment, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like with decidable outcomes, data that we've in, that has informed the process. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes. Yeah. 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 I think uh, like the, when we find ourselves in a place where we're uncomfortable, but we feel like we know, like it's right. Like what you're saying is right. Like maybe that's, maybe that's the spirit right there is like, that's the, that's the nudge, right? Is it's, you're in that weird spot where you, where you experience truth, but you feel like it's going to take a push to get there. Yeah. And I think openness is the right posture to have. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, you know, um, just like craving and being wide open to, and I would love pushback here too. Mm. I, I bristle a little bit against like conceptually what I've heard from other churches and church leaders who are far down the road of like the manifestation and like unique gifting of, of the spirit as like, yeah, just like no sermon prep, just get out there. Whatever the spirit says, it's like, maybe, whoa, that's, that's a, yeah, that's a tough one. For, for me to kind of get my head around. But I think then, I think the spirit, um, I think it's First Corinthians 14, Paul is talking to the Corinthians church, which is a bananas church and says, but remember that God by the spirit is is one of order. You know, it's not just like, mm-hmm. a, you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, like there's, there's, a, a me- there's a method to um, the way that I've ordered humanity, the world, the cosmos, and also like your spiritual health and vitality, you know, but, you know, be open again. Paul is a Pharisee. So no thank you spirit, like (laughs) we're Bible folks. And then Paul within a few decades is like writing a volume of like, here's how the spirit actually works. Here's how tongues work. I've spoken in tongues. I never expected it. And Paul's saying about himself, but like, if you don't have love, what is, None of that matters. Like that's yeah. the governing authority that the spirit um, orchestrates these gifts and special manifestations through. So I think being open uh, and creating space is probably, especially for you and I, Dan, and and for you too, Garnet and Willem and everybody else listening, is just creating space for like, if you want to do something spirit, I want to be open and attentive to what that is, even if I'm uncomfortable. Hmm. You know, but lusting after like I wanted, I want the flash bang. Ooh, yeah. you know, we're out looking for chaos. Right. Like this is the yeah. other thing is is like I actually really appreciate structure and planning yeah. and 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 really value that. Um, but it's just I, I have such a willingness for the spontaneity yeah. that's brought by that. Yep, it's amazing. I think we can learn from so much from people like you, Garnet, and, and your experience. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I think that the hindsight that we get looking at acts two, like it's not that order wasn't there. It's just, the, it wasn't the order they expected, right? It, it wasn't the revolution they were expecting. Yeah. It was a totally different revolution. Like if you think about Pentecost really kind of being, that is the beginning of the early church. For sure. And we're talking about a, mo- a global movement that is now, you know, billions of people strong started there. And it is way bigger than a, a localized revolution 
for Israel only, for the Jews only. It went so far beyond that. Yeah. Um, they just didn't have the eyes to see that or the vision to see that. I, exactly that. Because like in terms of like Jesus ordering their steps, uh, he, he did. Like the promise of the spirit came first or the re- rebirthing from above from the spirit came first with, you know, like a somebody from the Jewish council, Nicodemus being like, can we chat at night? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first inclination, John 3. And then John 4, uh, Jesus, the woman at the well, um, a Samaritan, you know, who in the middle of the day, possibly a prostitute, possibly definitely a woman of ill repute, which is why John's gospel records it that way. Um, and what does, who, how does Jesus say that God looks, acts, feels? God is spirit. Mm-hmm. And in the future, you won't worship on this mountain or that mountain, but you will worship in spirit, in presence, and in truth, in, in what I've taught. This is fascinating. This is yeah. real early. And the disciples are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So real quick, when can we be in power? Though? When when, <laughs> when do we get to do the things that we want to do? And Jesus yeah. is like, okay, let's just keep, let's just create more space, yeah. you know? So I, 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 it's an interesting thought exercise too, to look at, like put yourself in the shoes and like acts three when persecution is happening, but they are ready to rock with, with the spirit for them to look back and be like, oh mercy. Yeah. This is there the whole time. Jesus yeah. was really clear, really clear. Yeah. But until you're actually doing it, you know, you don't understand what the it is or you might, you might not understand what the it is. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're treading into territory for next week, so maybe we should <laughs> park it there. Park it there. Yeah. I think there's a lot for us to think about. Uh, I know I'm already thinking about like, yeah, what am I, what am I missing? Um, the spirit saying to me, um, you know, where's he calling? Where, where is the spirit? I don't want to attribute a gender to this. Yeah, there's great, great uh, like theological traditions that, yeah. that use female. Yeah, uh, she. For, yeah. Where is she calling? Yeah. Um, and uh, and how can I make myself uncomfortable? Available. <laughs> Available. Yeah. They're one in the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>